money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Great, because this is the show where we talk about the heart issues around money. I'm Dave, and you're Reb. I'm Reb, yeah. So it works. Yes. Yay! Yeah. All right, so a little bit of housekeeping. If you've heard the show before, then you know where to get it. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We have an exciting show. No guests today, just Reb and I. I know. Alone in the studio. This has like been rare lately. We've had a lot of people in. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people wiser than me, so I figured well, we may as well just get them on the show and let them I, talk. I was right? going to say, yeah, I agree, but I guess that wouldn't sound. Good. <laughs> we'll just leave that one alone. Yeah, you can agree. That's good. So if you do need to hear those archive shows, more than enough.ca, chri.ca are where you can find them, where there's an actual player. So you just hit the button, you hit play, and you can listen in. Um, or your favorite podcasting platform, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes. We're on TuneIn. We're working on getting on Spotify. That's been We've been a, doing that a long time. Oh, it's just been. Anyway. Anyways, we yes. won't go there. So maybe put a vote in for us if you're a Spotify listener and say, we need to get this show. So anyways, show today is brought to you by More Than Enough. As you've heard, if, if you have listened to the podcast, that we have sponsors and partners who um, just help keep the show alive, right? It, money, it costs money to produce the show. The great people at CHRI do. We come here to the studio and all of that. And so we've got and some Dan's partners. Great. Dan's great. Dan, Dan's Dan Dan's our right hand man. man. Yep. So. And uh, so we've got some partners that, that we have. And if you'd like to partner and keep uh, Let's Talk Money on CHRI and our podcast expanding in that way, just to get go to morethanenough.ca and, and reach out via email or give a call. And we'd be happy to talk to you about the sponsorship program that we mm-hmm. have. Great. So, and you're stop talking now because I'm supposed to do scripture, but you're doing the scripture today. Right. So, yeah. like, you know, you should do some we, intro We could stuff do, here. like, the, the Bible version app and let them, like, the recording. You had me listen to the recording. No, we don't want to so do that. So, we could have the... the but we, you should introduce kind of the topic. Okay. Well, today we are going to talk about mortgages, and it's going to be Mortgages 101. And the reason it was my idea to do this, and we sometimes have other mortgage brokers on or have conversations around mortgages and we have the last few years around the changes and the tightening rules tightened rules so but there are things that I hear Dave saying over and over and over and over again and I say Dave we need to do a radio show about this so that we educate people because there is an expectation with mortgages that it's like going to buy a TV that you just come you can put it on your credit and you walk out with the TV. It's just that simple. But more, having a mortgage, I mean, a house is one of the most, and properties are, are, are really big expenses. Mm-hmm. And they're an investment. And there's a lot more involved than just walking into a store, getting your credit, offering the credit, and then getting the TV in return. So we're going to talk about that today. 
Mm-hmm. But in light of that, I asked Dave, Dave, your turn to find scripture for the show this morning. And it's quite an amazing um, passage. Mm-hmm. So it comes from Deuteronomy. It's, actually, it's one of my favorite passages in terms of Old Testament passages that speaks directly to how we should relate to money. And, and in a sense, how God instructed the Israelites to relate to money. And so Deuteronomy 15 is one of those chapters that... Um, you're going to run across if if you are doing any kind of reading or searching scripture about what God says about money, you will you'll get to Deuteronomy 15. If you start at the front of the Bible, you'll get there pretty fast. <laughs> if you start in the New Testament, well, it takes you a little longer to get back. But Deuteronomy chapter 15, and I'll just read the first part of it. But I, I just to put it into context, we're going to just read a, a good chunk of it here. So verse one, at the end of every seventh year, you must cancel all the debts of everyone who owes you money. Okay, well, there's a paradigm shift. We won't talk about that. But verse two, this is how it must be done. Everyone must cancel the loans they have made to their fellow Israelites. They must not demand payment from their neighbors or relatives for the Lord's time of release has arrived. This release from debt, however, applies only to your fellow Israelites and not to the foreigners living among you. There should be no poor among you. For the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he's giving you as a special possession. You will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will bless you as he promised. You will lend money to many nations, but you will never need to borrow. You will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you. If there is any uh, poor Israelites in your town, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because uh, the year of canceling debts is close at hand. (laughs) If you refuse to make a loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you uh, you will be considered guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. And there will, al- there will always be some poor in the land, and that is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. So that's there, all the way down a, to verse There 11. is a lot in there, uh, which is when we were talking about this morning, I'm like, oh, man. And we said, man, if we took that as one of our, like, if we took that, like the law of tithing, mm-hmm. well, here's the law of tithing. We talk about tithing all the time in church. Can you imagine if we said, well, let's live like Deuteronomy 15. Mm-hmm. I see how everyone would like that. Exactly. And, and Paul kind of references that. And, and Christ does, too, in the New Testament saying, you know, you guys keep you know, parts of the law, or you've added to the law, or if you want to, you know, if you're so righteous to keep the law, you better keep everything in the law, because if you break one command, you're guilty of the entire law. So if your Christian brother is borrowed from you, and it was five years ago, in the seventh year, you need to forgive the debt. I mean, and he addresses the heart issue at the end there, when he says, if 
you're, if the poor come and, and says, I, I need, loan me money, Dave, but it's year six and, and we have one more year and we're like, well, no, because I have to forgive it next year. I'm not going to loan you money. That's our heart. That's exactly, mm-hmm. oh, that's not a wise business move. Yeah, to I'm loan. putting you on a one year amortization, <laughs> you know, one year term on that case, right? So anyway, <laughs> it, I mean, we're, I, the reason we thought of those verses was because he talks about us, us, you know, giving to the poor, being generous, and being the lender and not the slave to the lender. And, and here for me, this is a bit, if I can be a little transparent and, and a little personal here, for, for me, this is a real driving verse because as I look around our churches and I say, so let, let's do the litmus test. How many poor people are in our churches? Um, our, our churches, uh, again, we know statistically that one ever out of every third person sitting in a church today in Canada is on the edge of financial crisis. Um, and how do we define the poor? Is it the person that looks a little bit grungy and smells a little bit grungy? Or is it the person sitting next to you who is in financial distress and just simply is making it look, um, look good on the outside, mm-hmm. but inside they really are uh, in trouble. And so for me, this idea uh, of, you know, we need to look at, at the, the church and say, where, where are the poor? How are we meeting the needs of the poor? And, and again, being, doing so fearlessly, the promise there that God gives us in Deuteronomy is, is that when you take care of them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. I'm going to give you what you need. You do not need to be afraid. And thus he addresses mm-hmm. the, hey, you lend generously. If you know in year, year six, six that they're coming and they're asking for a loan and you know they're not going to pay it all back or they're not going to pay back any of it and you still give generously, well, that's that's giving to the Lord. And again, Isaiah talks a little bit about that in the verse where he says, you know, those that um, give to the poor, lend to the Lord. Actually, I think that's a proverb. But yeah. you know, those that give uh, uh, give to the poor, lend to, to the, the Lord. Lord. And so, you know, for me, these verses in in Deuteronomy chapter fifteen tie together the whole lending. Oh, okay. So, wait a minute. I never thought about that in terms of lending to my friend, my neighbor. Um, I always thought about giving. I always thought about, well, I'm just going to give it away. And that's a good thing. But, <laughs> but today we are talking a little uh, bit about lending. lending. I know. And, and, and we kind of, I mean, we're talking about having uh, a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And we're going to segue into that in, t- in a minute. And so the verses, I don't know how much they relate to that, but we did find them fascinating. It's a fascinating teaching if we're going to actually eat those words and Mm -hmm. think, okay, do you have poor among you? I mean, it's like Dave already said, they may not look poor to you, Mm -hmm. um, but are they debt poor? Are they struggling? And how do we help them? And how do we help them wisely? But he, God doesn't put any boundaries on it. He just says, if they lend, give, and then you forgive the debt in the seventh year. Can you imagine if we live that way? We, mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other issue, which I'm, I'm like, I don't want to get convicted by today. So, <laughs> so can we like go back to the conversation now? We're going to talk so, about so mortgages. I, I will segue to this because we are going to talk about mortgages. And, and for those listeners who are French and, and who are bilingual here in Ottawa, we have a huge listening fa- uh, base here that are bilingual. And my apologies for the really bad, poor French uh, that would do. But the, the mortgage is actually a French word. And so if you're French, you would recognize that the first half of the word means mort 
which translated into English is death, and gauge, which, uh, again, poor French, but translated into English just means pledge. And so if we were to put those two words together, the, the history of the word mortgage is that you are giving a death pledge. And uh, we're not going to spend the time today, but it is a very fascinating, for those of you that are fascinated about words, very fascinating thing that we say so glibly now, well, I need to go get a mortgage. And the reality is, is we're, we're really saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pledging myself to pay this, this debt back on death. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know. I, yeah. It's not a happy, happy word. And I can't, I remember the first time I signed our first mortgage, I was like, <laughs> oh dear, that's a lot of money that I'm going to owe some, mm. some institution. And it, it, it wasn't a happy feeling. So I guess that leads to the question. We have heard, you know, here we talk about debt all the time, Dave, and we talk about, people talk about good debt, bad debt, and we have our own thoughts on that. But, um, why are we, why does more than enough coach and tell people don't get into debt? But on the other hand, we are, uh, you're a liaison with financial institutions to get people into debt for houses. It se- seems like there's a little bit of a mm, and, paradox yeah, there. Like, right? And people have, we've talked to people about that. So how do you answer that question? Well, it, it's pretty simple. We, we live in, we live in, in a culture in a world where people are going into debt and they're making decisions around mortgages um, and we just feel like well my goodness the the information is is not correct the 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 questions that need to be asked when entering into a death pledge <laughs> or a mortgage are not being asked at financial institutions or most financial institutions and 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 so you know we in a lot of ways went wow um, how do we deal with the debt? Well, we got to deal with it at this intersection before people go and make that pledge, before they go and sign the document to, to make sure that all of the information is laid out and to, to understand what's really happening. Um, you know, it's more than just, I get a house uh, because again, that's in our current culture. It's, you can be pre-approved in 60 seconds and then go shopping and get the dream home, uh, you know, the home of your dreams. Uh, and yeah, it's not quite that simple. Well, and I, I guess when you come to our office, we, uh, we ask some pointed questions. It, mm-hmm. It's more than just, can I afford this house? And if any of you have listened to financial shows before, you know, ab- about, about that, you've heard that phrase before. It's not whether you can afford the house based on your salary. It's whether... Uh, no, it's actually, you, we want to find, find out if you, if you can, can afford, afford the house. Yeah. It's whether you can qualify. qualify. Yes, and, right, right, right. And again, the language is very, very funny. Uh, I call it funny because I'm watching it all the time. But, you know, when we go... Uh, that is the language. Get pre-qualified and go get the house. And I'll use this example, Rebecca, you and I, we have five kids. We have, you know, three vehicles. We have two dogs. We, we you know, we do have a home and, and, you know, all the expenses that are connected with that. And so, you know, in terms of our salary, let's say that our family, our household income is the same as my good friend who's single 
doesn't have he drives by our place every day in his tractor um you know he's he's single he doesn't have a family he he doesn't even have a car he's got a tractor that he drives and he stays very close to home and yet if our income and his income were the same we'd qualify for the same house we would qualify for the same house but we have way more expenses than he does i'm not sure we can afford the same house Uh, right and so so that's what what when people come to our office that's we talk a lot, a lot about, about affordability. Yeah. We, you know, yes, it is about interest rate and we want you to save. And, and as a broker, I, I get to negotiate with 30 different lenders to get the best rate. And, and that's an important piece of the pie. But it doesn't matter how good the rate is if you cannot afford that particular debt or that particular loan. Right. And so making sure that this this um, decision that you're making is actually one that you can afford, not just one that you can qualify for. Uh, again, the, the criteria around qualifying don't take into account lifestyle. So even if our family and the family down the road were exactly the same, maybe they like to, to go away on vacation twice a year because that's just part of their lifestyle. Well, Again, it's about affordability. It's can you truly afford these expenses? And and just knowing that number and, and knowing, okay, this is the home that we can afford. We have all heard of the, the phenomena called, you know, called being house poor. Um, and that's really what we're talking about there is, is you got into the house and all of a sudden the expenses that were related to the upkeep and, the, and all of the things that are related to ownership of a house which is wonderful. I'm a big fan of ownership, uh, but the reality is, is it has to be something that is affordable. It has to be something that isn't going to slowly. Especially if you have dreams, like if you have dreams and you want to mm-hmm. do holidays every year, or you want to give to the poor, like we were talking about at the mm-hmm. beginning, you want to give more and share more or have do more hospitality, which can cost more. Um, and it's going to, that house that you're buying is going to limit that calling or that dream or that purpose. You want to look carefully and uh, I guess that's the heart issue. What What is the Lord saying to you about that as you walk in relationship with him? Sometimes um, uh, out of our own personal experience, you convince yourself <laughs> that, oh, this is God's will for me. Right. And then you end up being house poor. And I guess that question is... And sometimes you blame God for and that. And you blame God for that <laughs> when, anyway, that I mean, that's a whole other issue, but we have to be very careful yeah. um, and, and look carefully at what, what we're going to commit to in terms of a mortgage. And uh, we don't know the future, but the Lord does. That's why we want to make that uh, make that decision in connection with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you ever told someone at the office not to buy the house? Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> have, have much <laughs> much to the chagrin of of you know. In fact, I've had people go to other brokers and say, "Well, I got approved at another broker, so I'm doing it through another broker." And 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 the issue was not approval. The issue was affordability, right. and and you know, in in a lot of ways, you just stand behind. Listen, you know, and this is our heart, and and again, our heart for the people that come into to our office at more than enough is we really do want we we don't want to just be the 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 wet blanket that throws a you know puts out the fire of your dream of what homeownership mm-hmm. looks like. But 
we actually want you to enjoy that the home becomes a blessing and that it becomes something and not that, an anchor and, and and not something that you're like oh my goodness we can't afford to live here and and we have no life and we sit at home in the dark watching netflix because that's the only entertainment that we can really afford not so sure that's god's plan in the sense of mm. sacrificing yeah. all the other things to just be in a house right so so yeah it happens often enough that we just simply say, you know, listen, this is this is your number in terms of affordability. And sometimes the number speaks for themselves because we've had clients say, mm-hmm. oh, man, we're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. We're not. We need more down payment or, oh, I don't know if we should be getting a house. We have to that. adjust our, yeah. what we thought we can again. And afford. you haven't had to say it. The numbers say it mm-hmm. eh, well enough, right? I um, usually say it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit. There's some nitty gritty. And like, as usual, this show runs away from us. But one of the things I've heard you say over and over, and which is I'm going to pinpoint on right now, is the credit issue and compromising credit. So if if you have a mortgage and you say, well, our bank says we can skip a payment... Right. Um, and and but yet your renewal's coming up in the next six months. Mm-hmm. What does that do? Like there's some compromise of our credit that's really critical and people don't understand that if they do stuff mess with their credit near their renewal or getting a mortgage, it can get messy for them for buying a house. So just just to frame the whole credit thing, we, we have a culture that is, uh, again, our, our, our friends in the U.S. are very credit conscious. Everything is about FICO score and, and there's all kinds of money generated about managing your FICO score, which uh, we've actually seen that come into Canada. And, and the reality is, and an, um, one of our, our compatriots down in the States says it like this. Dave Ramsey says, you know, your, your credit score is really my I love debt score. <laughs> So, and I agree with him. Essentially, what a credit score is, is it is your historical profile of how you've managed someone else's money. Okay. And that's it. So, um, we look at it through different lenses. So, there are different kinds of borrowing that we can do. We can do revolving credit, which is credit cards or, you know, uh, lines of credits. Um, there's installment credit, which is just a, I've got a loan and I've got regular payments. And at the end of the term, I will pay off that, that loan. So, that's a car loan or even a, a furniture loan or something like that where you make the payments. Um, and then you've got the third kind, which is mortgage credit, which is, again, much bigger money. Uh, and of course, it is like an installment loan. So those are the three kinds of credit that we typically look at in credit score. Uh, and the reality is, is that anytime you are late on a payment, anytime you are late, you don't even have to really, uh, and there's sometimes a differentiation. Well, I didn't really miss a payment. I was just one day late. You miss the payment. There's no other way to define that when the, the, the creditor reports to the, the credit um, profile company. So there are two in Canada, Equifax and TransUnion. When the, the creditors report every month, some of them report every six months, some of them report more often or less often. But the reality is, is whenever you have a loan with a, a financial institution, they will report to Equifax and to TransUnion how well you've paid that loan back, how much that loan is, what the terms of the loan are, when it started, when it's supposed to end, all of that detail is is stored and then monitored with Equifax and TransUnion. 
And uh, the two companies have different ways of producing a score. And, and that score is just simply a, a summary, a bit of an average of all of the different kinds of credit that you have and, and what, what your, your rating is based on that. And, and there's lots of things that affect your rating. I mean, gender affects your rating. Where you live affects your rating. So, you know, people are always trying to, how can I get my score better? You know what? Pay your bills on time and every time. And you'll be fine. You don't need to worry about the credit score. Um, you will have a good one. Um, you don't need to make it a competitive. So it's not based on you have way too much credit. It's, it's about how you're paying that credit back. For sure, they take into account how much you have. And, and again, how much is on your your um so your credit card compared to what your limit is. Okay. So if you're in the top 25 percentile, so if your credit is topped out, um, then your credit score is going to start to degrade. Is that, a, is that a terrible thing? No. I mean, again, then focus and get your credit down and just work at getting it down. And, and again, if you have multiple forms of credit and one of them is high in that top 25%, make that your number one focus. Let's get that down below 75% of the limit. But people need to understand that if they think, okay, well, I can skip a bank payment on my mortgage. But no, you cannot. You cannot. <laughs> okay, so just li- like just pay your bill on time. Yeah. Don't be a day late. Don't skip a payment. Uh, don't go to Leon's to no, don't pay a cent event and get a new couch before you're going to do your mortgage. Yeah. Don't go buy a new car on credit before you go get your mortgage. Right. So, I mean, you've kind of moved into two things. So first and foremost, if you are, you know, the mortgage payment is coming up and you're like, there isn't going to be money there for that then absolutely, if there's no way that you can make the the payment, call your mortgage company and explain your situation to them. They can internally, what they do is they actually shift your mortgage payment date out so you don't miss a payment. They just, uh, they can change the date so it doesn't reflect negatively on okay. your credit score. Right, so you that's good absolutely know. call your mortgage company and say, I can't make the payment you need to do that a week ahead of time. You can't do that on the day of. You need to do that on a week ahead of time because okay. it takes time for these things to happen. So it is not the last ditch kind of effort. You, you need to see that coming and say, you know what, I'm going to call the company and see if I can make arrangements. And they can do that internally, and then it will not report as a missed payment. Okay. Uh, but if you're one day... Your scheduled payment is on the Friday and you make the payment on the Saturday, it it's, will show up as a missed, wow. missed payment. So then the other thing, which I mentioned, I know we only have a couple minutes left, but if you can brief, briefly speak to that, just don't buy stuff before you get your mortgage. Right. On I credit. mean, that's just really when you are shopping for a house or your mortgage is coming up for renewal or you've purchased a new home and there's a one, sometimes there's a one year timeline between when you put the, you, you commit to buying the house and when the house is actually built. During those periods of times, that's the time that you don't want to have a whole lot of credit activity. You just want to simply keep things simple, pay the bill every time on time. Don't go get new credit during that period of time where your mortgage is coming up for renewal and you're talking to uh, you know, your broker or you've bought that house and it's an eight-month wait. Don't run out and buy all your furniture without telling your, your finance person, you know, whoever's doing the financing, that, that that's happening because it will affect not only your score, 
but what you qualify for. And you may wonder why we're talking about it. We only have a couple minutes left. It's because it's happened and we've seen it happen and it creates very great headaches for all involved. (laughs) Part of our mission at More Than Enough (laughs) is to to reduce stress around this this transaction, around around taxes. We do taxes as well and it's the same philosophy. We, We see so much stress and so much anxiety around doing taxes. We just want to take that away. We want to take the mystery out of that. And it's the same with mortgages. We want to take that stress. We want to make the transaction itself stress-free. But also, that just comes from having the conversations early on in in the process Mm -hmm. so that you're prepared and you know what's going to happen and you know what you're committing to and all of those things. And we're trying to have those conversations earlier Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. people are prepared for the documentation or their credit understanding and all that. And all the changes that we've talked about in in previous shows. I know. This show went fast. There's so much more to talk about. But, uh, (laughs) Father, I thank you so much for your grace to us and that you spur us on and encourage us to to give and be generous and to lend uh, and to have a heart that is um, is open-handed and Lord as we come to the discussion of mortgages and all of the these issues that arise in our society and the structure and the banking systems. Lord, I pray that people would have uh, a great understanding. You would give them wisdom to know when and where and how to buy and how to do it in a way that honors you in collaboration with you. Um, and we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share these things again uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just pray you bless listeners today. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, and as uh, Reb prayed, if you need to rewind and listen to the show, you can hear it on uh, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. Of course, it gets uh, put up in your podcasting platform and and automatically downloaded to your device. So feel free to listen in. And uh, if uh, you have comments, please, we always welcome the comments back. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.